I think a lot of people um, believe or assume that um, that trauma or PTSD or any of these issues, anxiety, um, <clears throat> they're mental health issues. They're not mental health issues. They're physical and neurobiological issues, really. And I, and I hope that takes some of the stigma away for folks. Ladies, it is finally here. The Recondition Your Life Academy self-paced online course is open for enrollment from Thursday the 10th of November for a week only. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you will know that the Recondition Your Life Academy has changed lives. It's taught women how to find themselves, how to live in their purpose, how to heal, how to be whole. And after years of teaching this in a live group setting, it's now evolved into something even more spectacular. You will be able to take yourself through the 12 plus modules in your own time, knowing that you are taking ownership of your life in order to alchemize the life you know you want, but you just don't know how to get. There is no healing one part of ourselves unless we heal the whole self. This is something I learned on my journey from disability to wellness. And that's why I take you through everything from inner child healing to trauma release to divine feminine healing, ancestral healing, brain training, meditation, how to manifest, health optimization. The list goes on, ladies. And all of this to enable you to heal your life from the root cause. There are also bonus guest lessons in Ayurveda, sacred sexuality, and female hormones. There are downloads, meditations, even books and even an online community with other women going through the course as well as bi-weekly coaching calls with me personally. It makes no difference which aspect of your life you are hoping to change. It all requires the same whole person approach. Nothing else will change your life like this course will and registration will only be open for one week. So make sure to head to laurenvacneen.co.uk forward slash academy on the evening of Thursday the 10th of November and get yourself enrolled. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome back everyone to episode 96 of Reconditioned. Wow, we're nearly at 100. So exciting. Um, and this episode with Tammy Valicenti, uh, all about using EMDR to heal trauma and PTSD, anxiety, even panic attacks. Um, amazing episode. I loved speaking to Tammy. It was so nice. I had so many questions for her. Um, I did mess up in the beginning when I was reading her bio uh, and I said she's specialing instead of specialising. So just so you all know that I'm not specialing, uh, I'm aware <laughs> that I made a mistake there. So um, just prefacing that. Anyway, honestly, amazing episode. For those who have, have suffered, who are suffering, have suffered with PTSD, if you suffer with uh, trauma, if you've suffered any traumas, um, and PTSD as a result of that, which I think really at the heart of it, all trauma leads to some level of PTSD. But if, even if you suffer from anxiety, and we speak about kind of that low level anxiety that a lot of people suffer from in the modern day, just where everything kind of seems a bit overwhelming and there's just a lot of anxiety. And we go into understanding that, but also how EMDR can heal that within one to three sessions and what EMDR actually is and how she uses that 
on her clients. Um, Tammy's worked with um, amazing, some amazing people and has been, been a therapist for people like Gabby Bernstein. So she's really well versed in this um, and she was really the authority for me to speak to about EMDR, which is something I've wanted to do an episode on for a long time. So dig into that and I am really excited to hear what you think of it. And in other news, for those of you who enrolled in the Recondition Your Life Academy online course last week, congratulations to you all. I'm so excited to get our new community together and to do our first coaching call. Uh, what an amazing launch it was um, with our, our, our three-day challenge leading up to it. I'm so proud of you all for getting involved with me and being a part of it. But in some good news, if you missed it and doors closed and cart closed and registration closed and you were like, shoot, should have done it. We are opening registration again for 48 hours only from today. Today being Tuesday, the 22nd of November, 2022, depending on when you're listening to this, for 48 hours. So if you're listening now, and you missed it and you're like, shoot, I need to do that. I'm going to do that. I want to up-level my life. I want to create more abundance. I want to know how to step into my purpose, to live my purpose, to heal trauma, to heal my inner child, to heal my body, to move into a place of deeper spirituality, to understand manifestation, all of it, all of that and so much more. And all the guest lessons and incredible stuff included in it. Registration is open now for 48 hours. We've reopened it. So head to my website, laurenvacne.co.uk and you will find it there. All the links obviously are in the show notes as well. So I will look forward to inviting you, to welcoming you to our community along with all the others who have recently joined the community also. So I will see you there. And in the meantime, enjoy this episode with Tammy Valicenti. <music> Tammy Valicenti is a psychotherapist specialing in trauma recovery and EMDR therapy. With 25 years experience, she utilizes a synthesis of EMDR, IFS, and other evidence-based therapies as a more effective approach than any one of its parts on their own, achieving radical change in a short period of time. Tammy works with clients both in the US and internationally and has achieved renowned success providing relief from trauma, anxiety and panic and has worked to enhance performance for actors, entrepreneurs and celebrities. She's also been called upon by leading addiction treatment centers. So welcome, Tammy. Thank you. So happy and honored to be here, Lauren. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's so wonderful. I mean, we've been speaking for a few months now. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I've been so looking forward to going into this with you because EMDR is really kind of surfacing at the moment and people are starting to take note. Um, and so I'm just really excited to go deep into how we help to start this process of healing trauma. Um, but before we do that, I would like to ask, what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Well, it's early for me at home at the moment, but um, so far I have made myself a really good smoothie with greens and fruits and coconut milk um, to support my my well-being. Amazing. That sounds great. That's a great way to start the day. Right. Um, okay, so let's just start with the very basics. What mm -hmm. is EMDR? 
Ah, EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And that's a mouthful and doesn't make a lot of sense, um, but I'll break it down quickly and easily for you. Um, it's a psychotherapy that was discovered about 30, 35 years ago by Dr. Francine Shapiro. And she noticed that, I think she was a graduate student at the time, and noticed that when she thought of something really disturbing and she moved her eyes back and forth, it became less disturbing. So she got really curious and out of that was born EMDR. Um, and it was, when it was, when it was first kind of um, worked through, it was just a technique. Um, and I was trained in it when it was maybe five or seven years new. Uh, and it was crazy because I was sitting in a, in a you know, hotel conference room with like 300 colleagues. And I thought it was absolutely crazy. It didn't make any sense um, because I'm gonna think of something, move my eyes back and forth and I'm going to feel better. So what made you go? <laughs> my supervisor at the time uh, was EMDR trained and she said, I'm going to send you this. It's going to be really informative and great. And I was working with survivors of rape and incest at the time running a rape trauma program. Um, so I got to see the before and after, you know, working with them before using some CBT, some group work and some other things. And also, you know, I was also allowed at the time to do some, you know, cutting edge things. So if someone in my group was yoga trained, we'd do some body work and some yoga and whatnot. Um, and that was really effective. So there was something in me that then knew that there was something different that had to be done with trauma. There's something in the body had to move it through. And EMDR is great and effective because it's, um, it's very holistic. It doesn't just use your thoughts um, and your cognitions, but also um, the sensations in your body and emotions that go with it. So I was trained, I came back and oh my goodness, what was happening in my office was unbelievable. So something that would normally take, you know, months for someone to get relief from one to three sessions and someone was feeling much better well, and the great. results were yeah 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 and the results were sustainable they were permanent um there was no sliding back so but since then it's a full-blown therapy um and has a lot of studies and um um you know proven uh, work behind it so so many questions. The first one for me is you mm -hmm. mentioned about moving it through the body. And I'm I'm really a big fan of kind of somatic work when it comes to trauma. And mm -hmm. I think that talk therapy can be good for certain things. Um, and there are certain people who really benefit from just kind of having a therapist that they can talk to. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of trauma and, you know, severe trauma, I always think that it energetically as well, you know, I work a lot with energy and mm -hmm. I believe it needs to be removed from the body. So I'd love for you to explain, because for those listening who might be suffering with trauma, I've never tried EMDR, how exactly is it moving it out of the body? That's a good question. So I think, I think just to back up a moment, what you're saying is true. When we're traumatized or we, we've experienced trauma, it is held in the body. It's stored there in a, mm -hmm. in a place, um, well, in a way so that for us, it doesn't feel like it was in the past. So if something horrible happened to me and, um, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm still experiencing in the present, right? So if I had a major accident 10 years ago, I could think of it now or even not think of it now. And it's having a major impact on my nervous system, right? What we yeah. wanna do is we wanna take it, we wanna store it in the past. So how does EMDR do that? Great question. So through bilateral stimulation, so initially when it was discovered, it was just eye movements back and forth. Now we know it's any bilateral stimulation. Mm. So tones in your ears back and forth, tapping on your arms back and forth vibrations in your hands back and forth, those sorts of things, um, they will all do the same thing. 
Um, what's important to note is that it's also what we do when we're in REM sleep, when we're taking our present day information and storing it for long term, right? Mm. So combining the memory of the event, and it doesn't have to be a cognitive memory. You may have a sense that something happened and have a feeling in your body and emotions that go with that. So we combine those three things. If you have a visual, great. If you don't, great. Combine that with the emotions um, and the sensations in your body and then the bilateral stimulation. It will take it from the present as if you're experiencing it and re-experiencing it over and over and put it in the past. Um, so really working with both sides of the brain. And I think one important thing to note about that also is that um, it stores it permanently. It's not as if that can shift or change. And it helps you change the narrative too. So maybe the narrative about that event for me initially was um, I'm weak or I'm not good enough um, or I didn't do everything I possibly could. When that's fully processed, I can connect it to the beliefs about myself in the present and all of the skills and knowledge and positive things I, I know about mm -hmm. myself now. I can connect that to that event. And I've reshaped and retold that story. My brain now believes that it happened in that way. Does that make sense? So much sense. And it's so funny you're talking, like you're mentioning it like this now. So uh, one of my closest friends and I, uh, we were talking today about um, trauma and PTSD and both of us having kind of experienced PTSD in different ways. And I never kind of realizing until much later that that's what, you know, I was experiencing. And we were talking mm -hmm. about how we are both kind of strong, fierce, independent women in our late thirties. But when we think about that scenario that happened to us when we were younger, we go back to mm -hmm. feeling like I feel that I am, it's like I'm looking down on myself and I'm I'm seeing myself as this woman, this married mother of two who's doing her thing. <clears throat> and yet in my body, I feel like the 17 year old abused girl who had no way out. And yeah. it and it, it's amazing how that plays out in so many ways. And it, you know, it was just today, I was talking to my friend this morning because she called me to say, you know, she's kind of feels like a bit of having a bit of a relapse in her PTSD and she mm. needed to talk it through. And we were talking about how we both have that ex same exact experience of, you know, our, 21 years later now, I'll walk into a supermarket and if I see someone from behind that looks like that person that caused my trauma, I will mm. literally like go into panic mode. and. Mm. So but based on the fact that we were both saying that and both going, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Even though both of us have done loads of work, I wonder if other people are listening to this now going, yeah, that's it for me as well. So, and if EMDR is that thing that kind of allows you to, because I always say we, none of us gets to do this life without trauma, right? None of us, no. some of us no. will experience different levels of trauma. Some people mm -hmm. will experience really, you know, horrendous, horrific traumas. Um, mm -hmm. But none of us gets to go back from whence we came with no trauma. Yeah. And therefore, it for me, it, through all this work and as the years go on and my subconscious kind of works through things, it's, I've come to the, I guess, realization for me, it's become my truth. I don't know if it is a truth that we'll never fully get rid of it. It's there. But what you're saying sounds like I would be able to then 
separate myself that that was the me then but I don't feel in my body like that person when that trigger happens is that what is that what you're saying that's exactly what I'm saying and I, yeah, I, I want I want and I yes yeah, it's, it, it is amazing it's incredible and it's it's really hard to believe unless you've experienced it mm-hmm. and even once someone has experienced it in those moments people will say well where did it go or well, maybe this is temporary, or is that really true? Because they're still looking for that thing that's been with them for so long. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to say is you said, you know, we can't go back and undo it. You know, we can't, we can't, um, we can't take those traumas away per se, is kind of what you're saying. Yes and no. I mean, so you know, we're born kind of kind of we're 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 born pure, we're born in alignment. Um we we're born feeling safe in the world. Um and those layers of experiences on top of us then keep parts of us frozen in this time. Like you said, when I go into the grocery store and I see the back of someone and that reminds me, you know, up pops that 17 year old um, who's, who's literally frozen in that moment. But by doing, uh, doing EMGR and dropping into those places and then with the IFS piece and really touching in on, to, on that 17 year old and giving her what she needed then, and asking her what her experience was and ask her what she needs now, and then bringing her to the present with you and connecting her with you, the true self of you, the you that she knows she's safe with, mm-hmm. then, she can, then, then she can let go. Then she can be in the present and not be kind of running the show from back then. Now she's more, it's funny, in a way she was so separate from you. Now she's more blended, but in a more whole way. You, now you have all your pieces and your parts with you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And and yeah. can you explain to us what is IFS? Oh, IFS stands for Internal Family Systems. Um, and it's a therapy that's been around for about 10 years, mm-hmm. founded by Dr. Um, Richard Schwartz, uh, who's a psychiatrist. And um, he was working with, uh, with folks with eating disorders uh, years ago. And he um, was an expert in family systems therapy. Um, and I think his story goes, they weren't getting better and he was a little frustrated. So, um, but he was listening to his, to his clients, to his patients. And they were saying, you know, the binging part of me or the purging part of me. Um, and so he started thinking about family systems as an internal kind of flipped it on its head as an, in, in an internal sense. And do we have all these parts of ourselves? I think initially psychology, also a very new field, um, really thinks of us as, you know, just the ego um, and maybe the superego and, and, you know, maybe just a couple of parts. But, but with, with, this, with, this, um, with this modality, with this uh, theory, um, we're, we're lots of parts with just this one aligned um, capital S true self and then these other parts that were kind of frozen or cordoned off or exiled off at times when there was great shame um, or trauma, just disconnection. And the, I think one of the main goals of IFS therapy is to um, become aware of all of those different parts, become the con- conductor of those parts, give them what they needed at times when they had um, exiled themselves off. Um, and become just more more whole in that way and 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 present and free. I think I might be wrong, but I think um Peter Levine speaks about it in Waking the Tiger IFS. Um, I think you're yeah. right. Yes. It's yes. a very it's a really interesting concept. What mm-hmm. I want to ask you is um so I've had 
clients um, who have, you know, you were mentioning working with um, rape and incest victims, and I've, you know, had clients who have been through the same, and one client in particular who used EMDR um, for that, and um, it, it was kind of, I'd heard of EMDR before, and it was kind of through her that I saw its power, and it's just amazing to me, I guess you've already explained it, so my question is a bit redundant, but in terms of a, a trauma that severe, and that life altering mm-hmm. how long would it take because you're saying you know within one to three sessions people could could feel better how long would it take from uh, say you know suffering with with you know being a victim of incest from childhood great questions so um that's true for any for any type of trauma um what, what i'm about what I'm about, I'm about to say if um if i experience a one-off trauma but i don't have any history of any major trauma and that goes for um that goes for attachment trauma or relational trauma as well. If I don't have any of that in my history, and again, it's a it's um, it's a rape or a really bad uh, car accident or plane crash or something significant like that, typically it will just take a very few short sessions mm. to work through that. Now, if that person has a history of attachment trauma or any, like you said, um, incest um, or any other childhood traumas, that's more complex trauma that maybe take a little longer. I think the key really um, that I've come to recognize is that, and I guess this could be true even for someone who has a history of trauma in their childhood. If the belief is this thing that happened to me happened to me, and it's not that I'm bad or I'm not good enough, then those traumas are more easily worked through. But if they're attached to somehow, you know, deep shame and there's something deeply um, disturbing or wrong with me, um, that's more difficult to work work through um, to be able to kind of separate that negative belief from self. Truth is, those negative beliefs were put onto us as children by adults that carried those beliefs about themselves. They actually don't belong to us. Um, but sometimes it, it can be a little tricky to extricate. So one-off traumas, typically uh, one to four sessions, maybe, um, with someone who has lots of resources and done a lot of work in the the past. Um, More complex stuff, when those beliefs are really ingrained, might take a few months. But that's still amazing to me, a few months after Mm -hmm. kind of perhaps, you know, years of of abuse, years of carrying it since then as well, that, that within a few months you could find some sort of huge relief that's pretty amazing and and would you say this is because one of my questions was going to be like is there any one per kind of person or specific type of trauma it doesn't work for okay so one of the challenges i hear from you guys the most is how hard it is to drop into meditation or even to relax and just feel calm. And you know I speak a lot here about how our bodies have not evolved to manage the level of stress we're faced with today, which means we're constantly in fight or flight mode with our sympathetic nervous systems always activated, which we know leads to depression and anxiety and also chronic health problems. If we want to be well, we have to find ways to mitigate this. We have to do that ourselves. And I believe in merging natural daily practices with the kind of health tech that enables us to counter and mitigate the challenges that modern life throws at us. And the Sensate is one of those products and I want to tell you about it. So the Sensate is a small palm-sized device that sends infrasonic waves through the chest in order to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system, which is the body's command center. 
Together with the specially composed hemispheric audio within the app, you will literally feel calmer after only a short session. I give this to anyone I'm with if I have it on me, which I usually do, and everyone has the same response. It's amazing and I already feel less stressed and where can I get one? Now I'm particularly recommending the Sensate to anyone who suffers from anxiety and wants to help calm the nervous system, those who want to deepen their meditation practice and people who are looking for ways to be calmer and more grounded. Now most of you know I work with a shaman and he has taught me that our higher intelligence places ideas of health technology in the minds of those who can create and invent these products. And I truly believe this to be the case with things like the Aura Ring, the Summer Vedic, even diagnostic devices in hospital. And for me, I believe that to be true with the Sensate. We have lived for too long in a high stress state. We need more to help us counter that. So you can get £20 off the Sensate by visiting getsensate.com. That's G-E-T-S-E-N-S-A-T-E.com and using the code Lauren. 20. That's getsensate.com and the code Lauren20. Thank you to Sensate for partnering with Reconditioned. And now back to the episode. You know, in the years I've been doing this, and like I said, it's been about, about 30, 25, 30 years I've been doing it. Uh, I've run into one or two people that for some reason I haven't figured out to this day, just mm. weren't able to reprocess. Mm. Um, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not sure what that's about. They were both male. I don't know if that was by coincidence. I'm not sure. I always think that those things sometimes it's like with me, I, you know, 99% of my clients will go away having experienced, you know, <clears throat> the ability to uplevel their lives in some way. Mm-hmm. And there's always that small percentage of people where it's just not in their journey, maybe. And, you know, I think maybe to think of it more metaphysically sometimes or, mm-hmm. you know, to use the word spiritually or whatever that might be, but that in those cases, perhaps this life is, you know, it's not in their journey for this life to have healed that. That makes sense to me. Not this place, not this time. Yeah. As hard as yeah. that is, as the person who's trying to heal, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, you know, we're going way off tangent now, but I, you know, I learned this, like I work with a shaman and one of the biggest lessons I learned from him is surrender like sometimes you have to go through things in life and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it and you're going to go through them because they're bringing you lessons and they're bringing you Mm. you know you have to go through this adversity to get to the next lesson and the next lesson and and it almost Mm. feels like the more you evolve on that journey the more lessons are thrown your way um Mm But yeah, that's going really deep into another topic altogether. But it's one of my favorite topics. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense too. I agree. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I, my family are Israeli. So I see a lot of um, friends, family members with PTSD from, you know, war, being in the army, uh, national services um, compulsory there. Um, and, you know, a few people in particular that come to mind who are suffering with PTSD from those sorts of situations. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really complex. I always think about, war and soldiers and army PTSD as super complex because you don't want to create that level of you know in in a war situation you're being hurt and you're hurting other people which is with most trauma that doesn't happen so I always think that that's quite interesting that must be really unique Mm -hmm. to, to that which is why it's so complex that trauma when you come out of a war because as, as a soldier, like you have to hurt people. And I think from what I hear from friends or family members who have been through that, that's as hard for them as the way that they've been hurt or the things that they heard or saw. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I look at my dad who who fought in three wars and he, listen, he's in his late seventies and he's not um, in any way going to do this work. Um, but I kind of look at him sometimes and go, wow, there's so much trauma in there, you know? And I yeah, wonder yeah. how, how much he could have been helped with, with stuff like this. So do you see a difference with soldiers? Do you work with soldiers? Is it something, cause I know EMDR can be amazing for, for um, mm-hmm. wartime mm-hmm. PTSD. I think that's true. I, you know, I haven't had the, um, I haven't had the opportunity to work with soldiers. I have worked with, um, yeah, interesting, right? Uh, My dad was one and also, you know, someone who, you know, in his seventies won't do the work at this point. Um, And I do wonder about that. Um, Right. Because of course there's a huge impact on them. Right. Um, But I do work with police and I have, and I think in some ways that's a similar yeah. Trauma, right? Um, being hunted and hunting in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, guilt and shame and, um, but also pride. Mm-hmm. So it is complex and confusing, I think, for, um, for the per- person that's experiencing that. Um, no, I haven't had that, that experience. Yeah. Well, I guess you're in your speciality and, and that's, that's mm-hmm. where you're meant to be helping people and serving the world. And, for now. Yeah. And that's <laughs> amazing. So I heard um, Gabby Bernstein speak about how you helped her with her um, postpartum depression. And what interested Mm -hmm. me in that was how she spoke about how she was in such depths of kind of trauma from that, that she had, as someone who had been raised homeopathically and the rest of it resorted to medication, to antidepressants, because she felt there was truly no way out. I loved that because not what she went through, obviously, but I, I think it was brilliant that she was able to bring her story to the world to show that even in those depths where you've had to, you know, and I also like how she talks about the medication side of things, because, you know, as a holistic health coach or someone who's healed myself of disease through kind of holistic measures, I am not, you know, me- medication, uh, doctors, hospitals are not my first port of call, you know, mm-hmm. but I love that how she spoke about kind of, be needing knowing that there was no way out in that moment and in that moment there was a medical option that was available to her and she could take that for a short amount of time until she found the solution that could help her and EMDR Mm -hmm. was that solution and I just thought wow someone like Gabby Bernstein who was so kind of you know homeopathic holistic and all of that was led to that it must have been pretty fucking bad and then she was able to heal that through EMDR so mm-hmm. I don't even know what my question is here, really, but just for, you know, any women listening who are suffering with postpartum depression, postnatal depression, mm-hmm. um, does it work in a different way? Does it, you know, how, how does it go so deep that just like that? It's just fascinating to me that it can. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a no. question. I'm all a bit bamboozled, but you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. It, it is bamboozling because, because it is, it, it is hard to believe what it does. Right. So for some, so for some people, um, before going into EMDR, depending on the state that they're in, you may want to um, you may want to kind of sort of looking for um, buoy yourself up with medication, right? If if you're going through something really acute, um, that's not always the case, but it can be. Other times, we may use all kinds of holistic and other modalities, and in the end, that, that's kind of my approach: do everything else, and in the end maybe try a little medication if everything else isn't working. Mm. Um, but to say that EMDR goes deep really fast is an, under, is an understatement. Um, 
like I said, you know, we don't have to have a memory, but if right now you come to me and you say, you know, hey, listen, the last few days I've been really feeling X, Y, and Z, not really sure why, um, and this is this kind of happens to me from time to time, great, fine, um, but let's not necessarily even pull up a memory and see what that's about, but let's just take that, um, take, let's take those emotions that you've been feeling um, and locate it within your body and process there. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, with the IFS piece, let's talk to that part. What does it want you to know? What's its experience? How old is it? Can it see you? Does it know how old you are? Um, so through all of that, there's there's profound relief and freedom, even just in those first few minutes of the session. It's pretty amazing. I, yeah. I, I wanted to touch on anxiety because um, when I think of EMDR, I kind of think of how it's helping these deep, deep traumas. Um, and yet you, you know, as you know, we said in your bio, you help people um, with anxiety and panic. Mm-hmm. How does it do that? And, and I guess my deeper question um, beneath that is, do you think all anxiety stems from some level of trauma? And that's why kind of EMDR can help. My belief is that we could mostly throw out the DSM or the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, right, of psychological disorders and mm-hmm. just say that it's, it's all a result of trauma. So when you say anxiety and panic, um, I say, well, that's an adaptive mechanism to deal with something. We don't know what necessarily, but it's adaptive. Is it kind of run, it, has it run amok and is it, is it having a negative impact on your life? Sure, but at some point it was adaptive, right? Mm. The same thing with any addiction or eating disorder, those were adaptive mechanisms um, that no longer serve you um, necessarily across the board, but, but they, are, they are adaptive. So um, also, having, also having children, I, I know that they're also born in a certain way, but, but I also believe and know that trauma is intergenerational, intergenerational, right? So I know that our DNA is different, those of us who grew up in traumatic homes or those of us who have parents who grew up um, and, and were traumatized. So I, I know it's literally on my DNA. I'm sure I passed it down to my kids. Maybe they were born with certain, you know, markers. Um, so maybe they didn't have experiences in their in their lives that would cause an anxiety disorder. But maybe they're carrying things from history. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, a lot of sense. And then and then kind of each person's kept because I know they've done rat studies or mice studies on this where they they mm-hmm. inflict trauma on the mouse and then. Um, wait for its grandchildren and they see that the same trauma plays out um yes. that the, the mouse still fears that same trauma um yes. which is amazing True. so that shows us kind of how genetic how it's carried through how trauma is carried through the dna which i think is why trauma work and ancestral healing are such important mm-hmm. um facets of holistic healing generally like you know for, for me i always say it's a holistic approach don't just focus on one thing down to ancestral healing like we have to heal that stuff absolutely agree yeah yeah and so i I, so i guess it's that paired with you know so if you've got a family with five children and some of them might not suffer from anxiety and some of them might then that just comes down to the character and 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 the coping mechanisms of that individual child Mm -hmm. person and Mm -hmm. i just find interesting because when i observe friends or clients or whoever it might be with anxiety it anxiety plays out almost like a low level thing that it doesn't um 
it doesn't get enough as in if you don't get a diagnosis for it which some people do it just kind of plays out throughout your whole life it's like low level anxiety that's just happening constantly and I've heard you know friends or or family members mention it to me like every little thing that wouldn't seem like a big thing for someone else feels like a big thing for you and I just yeah and I just always think that that must be that must have underlying trauma underneath in some way whether that's like the little t trauma the not being seen not being heard not being validated as a child Mm -hmm. and and so if someone comes to you with this low level anxiety I'm calling it low level anxiety it probably has got a much (laughs) more articulate term um but they you know they're 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 kind of coming to you and and they're saying something along the lines of I've never suffered any huge trauma what they perceive as huge trauma Mm -hmm. um how would you go about kind of helping them to heal from that? Great question. So I take a, you know, my history taking isn't all that extensive, not like kind of typical psychotherapy. A lot of it, I don't want to, I'm going to say it, a lot of it doesn't matter per se, Mm. right? I just want to listen to the body Mm. mostly, right? So when was the first time you remember experiencing that low level anxiety? I'm wondering, you know, Mm. I might take a a bit of a trauma timeline. I want to know, of course, you know, what was the, what was, your, what was your childhood like? <clears throat> Any big T traumas in your life? Um, but typically, if we if we pinpoint the beginnings of the trauma, we can I mean the um, the anxiety we can we can process that out. If there doesn't seem to be any specific place, again, we'll go with the sensations in your body, the emotions that go with it, and the negative belief about yourself, and we'll process that through. Ah, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because when I'm thinking about the people who who I'm thinking of who are suffering from this, they're thinking about kind mm-hmm. of the negative beliefs about themselves. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of, uh, you know, and when was the first time you felt this? That that all kind of makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. So we do a, we would do do a float back. So what does it feel like now? What are the negative beliefs? Um, what are the emotions that go with it? Let's float back to the earliest memory of when you felt that. Do some processing around that from back then and you should get some relief in the present. If it's a more specific anxiety, like um, panicking about driving over bridges or I won't drive on the highway, kind of those things, mm. um, <clears throat> we'll just go right to the highway. What does it feel like? What does it look like? And then we may float back a little bit. It might be connected to some other things mm. um, or it may not, uh, but, I, but either way, we'll get it out of the body. So then, cause you've just brought up the highway. So, so does EMDR work for things like fear of flying? Mm-hmm. Very well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super effective for those sorts of things. Yeah. You mentioned REM sleep before, so it just kind of occurred to me to ask mm-hmm. because a lot of people with this low-level anxiety aren't really going deep enough into sleep. So, how important is sleep in terms of processing our trauma? That's a great question. I think. I mean, my, my, my guess is that with not sleeping well and not going into that deep REM sleep multiple times a night, that you are staying at a heightened state, correct? So if my, if my nervous system is already dysregulated and not sleeping well, I think it will maintain that. And right. So the, the EMDR is kind of, kind of forcing what's not happening for you. Um, you know, listen, there's other ways to regulate our nervous system, right? You can hum, you can dance, you can meditate, you can, right you can draw you can exercise there's a lot of different ways to to do that but without if we're not getting getting underneath it and the root cause you'll continue to use those 
great, beautiful tools and modalities, um, but it won't resolve the underlying issue. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, a lot. It's all making sense. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. So I went to see Gabor Mate speak last week. He was here in London and he was, because I'm a big believer that um, a lot of stuff starts from trauma. A lot of illness is uh, starts by, you know, having having trauma in some way of some kind. Um, I apologize if you can hear some strange noise. I think it's, it's heavily raining and the gutter is leaking oh, outside my window. So to those, to those listening who can hear that, apologies. Um, he spoke about things like the studies being done on women with endometriosis and showing mm-hmm. that, I can't remember the, the percentage he gave, but it was like a huge percent they, they saw if there had been sexual abuse um, in this woman's past, they were more susceptible to endometriosis, like a huge percentage of sufferers of endometriosis have been sexually abused. And he said, and yet when you go to the gynecologist, they never sit down and first say to you, hey, what happened to you? You know, they, know. it's medication, it's tell me about your periods, it's, mm-hmm. and it's so sad for me, because, you know, Gabo Mate was saying, when this study came out, the whole medical community should have just gone, oh my God, this is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm quite used to that now, I find that the medical community don't tend to look at a lot of the uh, important research and important things that come up that mm-hmm. question the, 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 the open conversation around the status quo and the way things have always been done. And it tends to take generations to get, to get them out of that. Um, but it's just interesting for me. And, you know, I'm sure for people listening who, suffering from physical illness to look Mm -hmm. at where did that begin through trauma and I just wonder what your experience is of that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what we're looking at is exacerbated or even brought on because of trauma I I would happen to I would happen to agree Um, when you think about our, our dysregulated nervous system when we're in fight or flight and some people live in fight or flight a state of a chronic state of that right Mm -hmm. Um, that has huge impact on um, let me just bring up two systems, the, um, our digestive system, right? So it slows all of that down. So folks who are living in a chronic state of uh, hypervigilance and more activated nervous system have issues around digestion, um, IBS, um, Crohn's disease, all of those things. Um, we also have, um, it also has major impact on the on blood, on blood sugar. So, right, diabetes, huge issue for folks who have been traumatized. Um, so I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I don't think we can even, we can't, we can't look the other way when we think about cancer as well. I think it puts us absolutely. at risk for all, all sorts of things. And so you do see in processing trauma and working through when we bring the nervous system back down to, I always get them mixed up, parasympathetic or sympathetic? Well, we bring What's it back that? to parasympathetic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like, I don't want my left from my right. I don't want my parasympathetic. From my, from my <laughs> um, so you, what you see is when we bring it back down to sympathetic, that a lot of those things uh, reverse themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there yeah, is that's... physical healing to be done in those moments, as you've experienced yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, I was diagnosed yeah. when I was two. So going back and looking mm-hmm. at, okay, what was, <laughs> what were the stresses there? But stresses can mm-hmm. mean anything, right? It can mean a stress on the body from, from something physical and it can mean trauma. And in my experience, it's always all of the above. It's always a mm-hmm. culmination. I always think it's, a, mm-hmm. there's never one thing that creates 
dis-ease it's never one thing in isolation and um I guess that's what this podcast is about you know the reason I brought the podcast that I started the podcast just to bring all those things together and to go well it's not going to be just this and it's not just this it's everything so let's look at trauma let's look at diet let's look at um but you know you mentioned kind of digestive issues and all stuff like that and I think it's really important for anyone listening now to understand that 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 is a truth you know we mm-hmm. look at our and, and listen this has been a journey for me as well looking at pain and inflammation and things I've gone through and looking at um being so focused on the physical when well, I'm going to take this supplement and I'm going to do this diet and I'm going to have this treatment and use this modality and I'm going to, you know, take medicinal mushrooms and CBD and da, 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 and da, 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 and da, da, da. And sometimes you just need to step away from all of that and go, okay, but what's going on inside? And actually, usually that is <laughs> the biggest fundamental key to healing in my experience. And that's why I'm so passionate about speaking about this. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think a lot of people um, believe or assume that um, that trauma or PTSD or any of these issues, anxiety, um, <clears throat> they're mental health issues. They're not mental health issues. They're physical and neurobiological issues, really. And I, and I hope that takes some of the stigma away for folks. I hope so too. I just love that mm-hmm. you've just said that. I, I agree. I, I fully mm-hmm. wholeheartedly agree. And I think sometimes we can get stuck on that idea um, that it's that we are suffering with mental health and then we take on that label because mm-hmm. it gives us reason to it's like okay I can understand myself now and now I mm-hmm. understand why I feel like this and that label helps me to be understood in the world as well and hey there's a treatment for that there's a treatment center for that so that makes mm-hmm. it a little bit easier but mm-hmm. in my experience as well the healing is never the easy route you know if you want mm-hmm. true long lasting root cause healing it's always the more difficult route right mm-hmm. i agree it's true courageous route for sure <laughs> yeah i kind of touched on um you know the physical things we do i'd love to to know maybe you don't have any opinion on it but i'd love to know what your views might be on using plant medicines like ayahuasca or specific mushrooms for trauma mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about it to speak um, as an expert about it, but I, I, I've known for my clients <clears throat> and some um, folks in my personal life that it's been deeply life-changing and transformative, um, both ayahuasca and, um, and medicinal mushrooms, um, MDMA for some folks. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I, I think that, I think the key though, is that you have really, great guides and folks who have prepared you for it ahead of time. But I've seen um, incredible healing and transformation using those things. Anything from, um, you know, raising the level of depression to uh, really curing PTSD. So I think for the right person, absolutely. I mean, that right on the cutting edge of all of that, right? Yeah, we are. We're seeing a lot of research go into it. I mm-hmm. kind of have my my views on it um, just based on working with a shaman myself and knowing that mm-hmm. it, it uh, my advice to anyone listening would be, you know, please do it with someone who is well-versed, mm-hmm. who understands the medicine. Don't just go and do it anywhere with anyone because it brings up your deepest, darkest shadow and the deepest, darkest parts of you that you might not be ready to see and I just wonder if perhaps EMDR is a good precursor to plant medicine to kind of that's heal a lot of the trauma that's happening mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. using the plant medicine to then elevate your level of consciousness. 
an awareness mm -hmm. to be able to then integrate what has happened to you as being okay mm -hmm. with it because you come from that level of a deep connection to consciousness to your own consciousness right having cleared a lot of that out like that that makes a lot of sense one of the things i'm working on right now is bringing emdr to indigenous populations in ecuador and really wanting to combine the plant medicine and emdr and mostly helping to to train folks um, in indigenous communities to bring some emdr and combine it so that so that it will heighten some of the um some of the the healing work that they're that they're doing there um because the the level of trauma is is as you can imagine not just individual but also more global and community-based as you have oil companies coming in and other folks um harming the land and the community so i think that's really important work to do that was going to be my question to you, actually, because I, mm -hmm. I saw that you're doing this work. And my question was going to be, what sort of traumas are these people facing? What are they working through and, and how are mm -hmm. they responding to EMDR as well? Mm -hmm. um, well, I, th I think as, as in any other population, the response to EMDR is, is really impressive. Um, and I think the key, though, is to really, like I said, really combine it and blend it with um indigenous knowledge and resources um and not just be something that like this is emdr this is, you know <laughs> do this here kind of thing um i think having a, a more you know more of a buy-in and blended approach would be would be more helpful but uh for the folks that have experienced emdr same 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 responses we're seeing here um so that's really helpful the the layers of 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 trauma though uh, I think are, are deeper in that, in that, you know, they're dealing with the same kind of issues um, and personal violence and rape and incest and those sorts of things, but then layer on top of that other, you know, other folks coming in, threatening the land. Um, so there's a, it's kind of a parallel layered process that's happening for those folks. Wow. Mm -hmm. How did you actually get into that? How did that start? Um, great question. I was I was working with a client who has lived there for many years, and um, <clears throat> and is an advocate for uh, the Ecuadorian Amazon. Um, and so I started working with a couple of other folks there, and then I traveled there uh, at the beginning of this year, and that broke me wide open. Just being in the space, um, it's an incredible place. You know, the lungs of the earth and I don't know, it just changed perspective and broke me open uh, and just, you know, allowed me to feel connected more to self, spirit, and, and everyone here. So you just love how those opportunities just present themselves to you as they're meant, you know, through a client. It's always like that. It's never something, all these, these things that really end up changing our lives profoundly are always, and never things that we seek out. They're always things that, are, that find us. Yes, that's so true. And I, I think I've been doing that from a young age, just... Just the, the fact that I'm doing this, it was always a calling, something that it's not I thought like I, I want to be a therapist. It wasn't like a, a head thought. It was it was something I had to do. Mm. And and I think more recently, just saying yes when opportunities present themselves, you know, not holding on to something, trying so hard, mentioned, you know, surrendering before, um, just surrendering and what shows up, say yes to. 
surrender, surrender, surrender. It's been my word for 2022. <laughs> and I'm taking it into 2023 as well. <laughs> it surrender some more. To learn it. <laughs> it does, it does. You're writing a book as well um, yeah. about the intimate process of, of working with trauma clients. I'd love to know more mm-hmm. about that and kind of what that's brought up for you and, and mm-hmm. what the book is about. Um, so the book is, uh, I'm co-writing it with um, someone that I've worked with before, with a client of mine, and it is the process of um, the deep, intimate, um, loving, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sacred process that we go through. And it's been, it's been really exciting. And uh amazing to for, for me to allow and let in what she's saying about the process because I don't always get to hear the intimate process that you're experiencing in relation to me per se in the room right um so that's been really fun and also trying to figure out what that what that looks like and uh I don't know excited to see the end result I'm also thinking about another book too kind of like the IFS EMDRE combo mm. that I've been that I've been doing I really really think it's super effective um and so if i can if i can kind of show folks how to do that how that works what that looks like but maybe i could do that through this book as well that would be a book i would definitely buy that i think the emdr ifs Um, kind of stuff connected mm -hmm. and how you kind of really kind of move trauma through and out the body is is so Mm -hmm. needed Yeah. yeah yeah and it's you know i was talking about this yesterday it's it's complex in a lot of ways but really, it's it's really quite simple. The formula is quite simple. It just takes, you know, that that first step and courage to say, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I think that's the way with everything, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. making a commitment to your healing and to mm-hmm. saying, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm actually going to do this. And I think that's half of the journey. You, once you've made that energetic shift, healing, you create the energetic environment for healing to actually right. take root. Right. I'm worth it, right? Absolutely. As L'Oreal says. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for your rapid fire questions and all about you? Oh my goodness. I am. Okay. Tammy, it's all about you. So the first one is always the same and that's wellness is fill in the blank. Wellness is. Wellness is multi-layered. Wellness is holistic. Wellness is simple. Wellness is connecting to self and staying in the flow. Hmm, I love that one. That's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) How would you describe what trauma really is in one short sentence? Trauma is something that overwhelms our ability to cope. Mm. Mm -hmm. oh that's brilliant I love that I'm gonna I'm gonna Mm -hmm. make a note of that Um, (laughs) thank you (laughs) what have you learned about yourself through writing a book I've learned that finding time to sit down and write is very difficult (laughs) (laughs) really how old are your kids um 19 and 15 oh so you got a little bit more time but well 15 year olds are challenging so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) well I do have the time and the space but it's, it's the discipline So I've learned that I'm not as disciplined as I thought. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Writing brings out so much shadow and so much stuff in us that we did not know about ourselves. That's so true. Parenting and writing. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We should write a book about that. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> All the things I never wanted to learn about myself. <laughs> um, which one book has made the most profound effect on you? Which one book has made the? I mean, most you can choose three if you want. I'm not being on rules, so you know you can me. you can break them. Jeez. Um, in an unspoken voice, Peter Levine. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a child, Francis Hodgins Burnett. Um, what was the name of the book? Oh, The Secret Garden. Oh, beautiful books. Yeah. Yeah, that had a huge impact on me. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that you've actually chosen a fiction book for that mm -hmm. children's mm -hmm. fiction book. That's really nice. Um, okay, and lastly, what's your spirit animal? Dolphin. Oh, me too. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've said dolphin before. I go kind of between dolphin and wolf. And, oh. you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, but if I'm in like a, my Piscean mood, then mm -hmm. it's, it's always dolphin. Dolphin. Huh. Why for you is it dolphin? It's, it's actually quite interesting. Here I go into another long story, um, <laughs> which I'll try to condense. When I was, so I, you know, grew up with arthritis and I used to go to weekly hydrotherapy classes groups at the hospital. And um, at the beginning, like, you know, I live in London, it's always cold. You'd get in and it'd be lovely and warm and really nice. But after a while, it would just get really sweaty in there and everyone's in the pool and, you know, all the kids and parents are sitting around the pool and mm -hmm. you'd see the condensation on the windows and on the ceiling, mm -hmm. like there was a glass ceiling. But there were mm -hmm. pictures of dolphins around the room. And I always used uh -huh. to be in the pools, like a really young kid, like six, seven, eight, and mm -hmm. looking at these going, wow, it just feels like how I'm articulating it now, having mm -hmm. written my memoir about this and gone deep into the emotion of the inner child is that felt like freedom to me. Uh, yes, of course. You know, just yeah. the open yeah. waters, like the yeah. ability to not be confined to something you didn't choose. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so I think that's why freedom. Beautiful. Yeah. Tammy, <laughs> where can people find you? And um, yeah, let's start there. Where can people find you? You can find me at um, www.transformation-solution.com. Uh, that's my website. And I think my phone number's there. You can reach me through email, through that, through that website as well. Amazing. I'll put everything on the show notes and um do you, and you do work with international clients, right? So people can get in touch with you if they'd like to work Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Yes, that would be great. I've loved this. I really loved it. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconditioned. I am honestly so grateful to each and every person that tunes in. Thank you also for taking responsibility for your own well-being. You should know that just by choosing to listen to podcasts like this that further your well-being, you're moving more deeply into abundance consciousness. Now, don't forget, I have a bunch of free resources over at laurenvacneen.co.uk, as well as every recommendation you could ever need in regards to your well-being on the LV Recommends page, all categorized for your ease. Thank you also to our sponsors. These episodes would not be possible without them, so make sure to check them out and get some pretty awesome discounts on the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get updated each time a new one is released. Thank you. I appreciate Appreciate you.
Reconditioned is proud to be working with Women for Women International, a charity that supports women survivors of war in eight war-torn countries around the world. You can help a woman survivor of war transform her life today by visiting womenforwomen.org.uk forward slash donate.